0: الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين نبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين ومن اقتدى بسنته إلى يوم الدين So as it relates to the affair of uh, Umrah al Kitab Al-Tahara the chapter on purification. Today we're going to study the fifth hadith, hadith number five. And the hadith is an abihuata radiallahu ananabiya sallallahu alayhi wa shi wasallamakal layabu laina ahdukum filma it daim ala di laya jiri fumuyahtasalu fi. While a Muslim لَا يَغْتَسَلْ فِي الْمَاءِ الدَّائِمُ وَهُوَ جنب. And that is that Abu anhu, he said that the Prophet he said, None of you should urinate in a water that is still, that is not flowing, and then wash himself in that same water. None of you should urinate in, a st- in stagnant water that is not flowing and then wash yourself in that same water. This is not allowed. To, this is not allowed. لَا يَغْتَسِلْ أَحَدُكُمْ And in the hadith narration from Sahih Muslim, Messenger Wasallam said, None of you should wash في الماء الدائم وهو Junub. None, none of you should wash themselves in a stagnant water while they are in a state of junub, Sexual impurity. Regarding this hadith, Barakallahu uh, feekum, we deal with a few points. The first is the tarjumah of the rawi, and that is the biography of the narrator of this hadith. And that's Abu Hurairah radiallahu anhu, and we've studied his biography in our previous lessons. The second point is um, the topic of the hadith, the Modul al-hadith, and that is بَيَانُ حُكْمِ Rakid min al-janaba. And that is afikum, the ruling of uh, urinating in uh, stagnant water or water that is still uh, and washing oneself in it whilst they are in a state of junub. Whilst they are in a state of junub or sexual impurity. This is the title that we are going to give inshallah for this uh, hadith. Point number three and that is that the Messenger ﷺ said None of you should urinate. And this is La النَّاهِيَ This is a prohibition. Which means it's haram to urinate in water that is stagnant, that's not flowing. And this is a prohibition from the Messenger ﷺ. And also, in this hadith, point number four, the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam mentions Janaba That one should not wash themselves الدائم, In water that is stagnant while they are in a state of junub. And what is the meaning of junub? Junub is that which state that the individual is in After having sexual relations Or having a nocturnal dre- uh, a, a, a wet dream Or anything of its likes. And um, the person is in a state of junub. Meaning that they are in need to do this ritual uh, bathing. In order to be in a state of tahara. So they can pray. This is the meaning of junub. Now the word uh, junub. Barakallahu Comes from the original meaning of something that is far away. Something that is far away. So it's called junub because the person has uh, ejaculated, or uh, the ejaculation has left their body and is far away from their body. So that's why he's in a state of junub, and that's why he or she is in a state of junub. And the Messenger wasallam has indeed made it obligatory upon the person who is in this state that they have to make ghusl in order to pray. But as for this affair of Junub, of being Junub and Janaba, that the individual has to have this omission, uh, has to be sexual, has to be something that is bringing some type of pleasure. But as for the person who has that illness where they have discharge, they are not Junub because that which is Junub is connected to pleasure. It's connected to pleasure. So the person who has this uh, discharge that occurs as in, as mentioned in the hadith of the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa in some of the sahaba, the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa from them Ali ibn Abi Talib the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa ordered them to make wudu he ordered them to make wudu which shows that they're not in a state of junab so here, the affair of junab is the one that wakes up from a wet dream or has had uh, uh, ejaculation due to barakallahu uh, fikum. Uh, sexual intercourse and in its likes, the person is therefore in a the state of jannah. Point number five and that is benefits that we can take from this hadith The first benefit is the prohibition of urinating in water that is stagnant and still and this is due to the fact that there are people who may want to use that water and therefore you are harming others and this shows by the importance of Cleanliness in the deen of Islam. Point number two, and that is al bawl fil ladi yajri. And the وخالفة, the inverse meaning that is taken from this uh, hadith, is the permissibility to urinate in a water that flows. As the messenger prohibited one to urinate in, the, in water that is still, therefore it is permissible to urinate in water that is flowing. And Ibn rahimullah Taala mentioned that the condition of this, and likewise Sheikh al that the condition is that that flowing water is not going to be used at the end of the, the flow by others. So it must be, for example, al-bahar. For example, if someone wants to urinate in the sea, this is permissible. But as for the one who urinates in a fountain, for example... Where people may go and use the water, whether well, either to drink or to, for for wudu, then this is haram. This is impermissible. Now, the next benefit that we can take from this hadith is the nahi daim min Janabah and that is the prohibition of um, doing ghusl uh, in water that is stagnant. The water has to be flowing. The water has to be flowing. Point number four, and that is the al min al and there, here comes the ma'fum mukhalafa, the inverse meaning, and that is it's permissible for one to make ghusl and have that ritual bath in water that flows, because it's prohibited in water that is stagnant. So therefore, it's permissible for in water that is that flows, and this is the ma'fum mukhalafa, and this is indeed the inverse meaning as is mentioned by the ulama of Usul. And the fifth benefit that we can take from this is the level of care that the deen of Islam takes and holds as it relates to cleanliness and distancing the servant from all affairs that cause harm. Because a person who urinates in the water is causing harm to themselves by, by making wudu in that stagnant water and likewise harming others that may use it and use that water. After this, Barakallahu fikum we go to the next hadith. The hadith as-sadis. The, the sixth hadith. And that is again an Abu Huayyata, radiyallahu an. anna Nabiyya sallallahu alayhi wasallam, aqal, idha shariba al kalb fi ina'i ahadikum, falyaqsilhu sab'an walimuslimin, Ulahun bi turar. And that is an Abu and Ibuheard that the Prophet ﷺ, he said If any of if a dog was to drink in any vessel of yours or any of you, then wash it seven times. If a dog was to drink in the vessel of any of you, then wash yani that vessel seven, seven times ulahunna bit-turab Imam muslim reported that the first wash should be with with uh earth. the first wash should be with earth or little pebbles and in the second hadith which uh, is mentioned here in Umrut al-ahkam wa fi hadith abdullah ibn mughaffal anna radhiyallahu anhu anna nabiyya sallallahu alayhi wa sallam qala idha walaga al-kalb fi al-ina' فِي الْإِنَاءِ سَبْعًا وَعَفِّرُوهُ بِالْتُرَابِ And that is that the Messenger وسلم, said that if the a dog was to um, put his the tip of his tongue in any of your vessels, uh, then wash it seven times and and scrub it with, with earth or, 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 or stone uh, the eighth scrub it with stone or earth in the 8th and we'll explain what the 8th means as it relates to this hadith insha'Allah so regarding these, uh, this, this uh, portion here from Umrat al-Ahkam we will deal with it in points the first point is the tarjama and the biography of the narrator and the narrator is Abu an, and we've mentioned previously his biography but there's another narrator and his name is Abdullah Ibn radiyallahu He's a narrator of this hadith. And he's Al Muzani. His name is Abdullah Ibn Mughaffal Al Muzani. And he made Bayat the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Ridwan. And he was from the Fuqaha and the well knowledgeable from the Sahaba Raddiallahuan and from those who Umar ibn Khattab he sent to Basra to educate the people and give the people fiqh. And he died in Basra. Abdullah ibn Mughafal al-Muzani, he died in Basra in the year 57, after the migration of the messenger sallallahu from Mecca to Medina, radiyallahu anhu Muhammadin ajma'in. The second benefit that we're going to take or second issue that we're going to deal with here today is the Modur al Hadith, is indeed the title or the topic of this hadith. And that is Bayan كَيْفِيَّةِ التَّطْهِيرِ النَّجَاسَةِ الْكَلْبَ And that is here is the chapter or the the heading for this hadith or topic for this hadith is how he yani clarifying how to purify the impurities of the dog. How to purify the impurities of the dog Nam The third affair, barakallahu feekum, that we're gonna deal with is the general understanding of this hadith. And that is that the Deen of Al Islam from Allah to Ta'ala's wisdom, that he subhanahu wa ta'ala has informed us of the harms from those creations that he's created. And those affairs that could cause us harm. And from them is the, the, the saliva of the dog. The saliva of the dog. And this barakallahu feekum is from the Alamut al Nabu, and the sign of the prophethood of Muhammad sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Because it's only recently that the scientists have indeed found out that there are bacteria that are found in the tongue of the, the dog that can cause illnesses and harm. And the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam over 1400 years ago advised in this hadith on how we should indeed purify vessels that dog, uh, the dog has indeed his tongue or its tongue has touched. And this shows Barakallahu the the and the Prophethood of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that back then he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam informed of how to clean and wash the vessel. And it's not just a single wash. He, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, advised to wash it seven times, with the first time being with turab and earth or, or or pebbles and so forth. And this shows, barakallahu fikum the extent of the najasa and the impurity that is found, or impurities that are found in the tongue of the dog. And as mentioned, scientists have indeed uh, found that the bacteria in the tongue of the dog is, in, is indeed... Uh, Dangerous, and this Baqalafiqam shows you the beauty of the Deen of Islam and the prophethood of Muhammad. Because in this hadith of Abu Huraira and uh, Abdullah ibn Mughafir, uh, the Messenger wasalam, is commanded to wash every single ina, every single vessel that the tongue of the dog has touched, seven times with water, and to scrub it the first time with sand or, or turab or earth or, to, or, or pebbles and that is to remove the filth and the bacteria and so forth that is found in the tongue of the dog and al aini Al-Ayni, al-ayni Rahimahullah Ta'ala has mentioned that it's an ijma, that it is a consensus amongst the ulama the scholars that Al Wudubi Ina a consensus amongst the scholars on the obligation of washing the vessel after the tongue of the dog or the dog has touched it. And this Baal is a consensus amongst the Ulama La, no differing amongst the Ulama in that regard. But there is an affair that the ulama differed in. And that is, is the dog impure? Is the dog impure in its entirety? Is the dog impure? Some of the ulama, they hold that the dog isn't impure, but rather his tongue, the tongue of the dog, is the only impure thing in a dog, based upon this hadith. That the messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa he mentioned walaga which means using the tip of the tongue. Walagh is using the tip of the tongue to and to use the tip of the tongue and to move it in the vessel. So they say because of this word, you know, the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa the thing that's impure regarding the dog is its tongue. But some of the ulama from the Hanabila and the Shafi'iyah and also Abu Yusuf from the Hanafiya uh, and likewise Ibn Uthaymeen Rahimullah Ta'ala and Ibn Hazm, they all hold that the dog is impure. And again, based upon the same hadith, based upon this hadith. And the angle that they hold, or that they held, Rahimullah Ta'ala, regarding the dog, saying that the dog is impure, is like the ashraf, the most noble part of the body, is your tongue. And it should be the cleanest part of your body. It's your tongue. There's no doubt that is the access to your stomach and to your throat and so forth. So the purest part of one's body should be the tongue. But here the messenger, sallama, he has ordered that if the tongue of the dog was to touch any of your vessels, then you should wash it, not just once, not just tw- seven times. And the first time with turab. It shows that the extent of the impurity of the tongue of the of the dog, or the dog's tongue. And if the tongue is that which is the most noble part of the body for the dog, and it is, and also for humans. If that is impure, then what about the rest of the body? What of the rest of the body min is more so impure, the rest of the body is more so impure if the tongue is impure. And this, Allah is the strongest opinion, that the dog is impure. But the ulama they make an exception. And they make an exception as it relates to the dog in which Allah's Messenger, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, has allowed one to have. And that is the dog, the guard dog, or the dog that is used for sayyid and hunting. And the Ruhsa you can say leeway has been given for those regarding those dogs. But as for other than them, then the affair of impurities apply to them. Those other dogs. Based upon this hadith. So the correct opinion is the opinion of the Hanabil, Hanabilah and the opinion of the Shafi'iya, and likewise Abu Yusuf and uh Baruchlafikum ibn Hazm and Ibn Uthaymin is that the dog is impure the dog is impure due to the, um, this narration where the messenger sallallahu alayhi has ordered uh, intensive uh, cleaning to, to be done in order to uh, clean the vessel which the tongue of the dog has touched. After this we deal with some general benefits that we can take from this hadith. The first benefit is that the saliva of the, the dog and the tongue of the dog is indeed impure. And Ibn Taymin ta'ala, he mentions and he says, And that is everything that comes out of the body of the dog is impure. From its sweat and from its urine. Because its saliva, again, as we mentioned previously, the tongue is indeed the most noble part of the body. So if the saliva that comes from the tongue is impure, that means that everything else that comes out from the body of the dog is impure from bowl, from urine and irk and sweat, and other than that, and vomit and so forth is impure. The second benefit that we can take from this hadith, and that is that the impurity of the dog is not an impurity that is light, it's a heavy Impurity, extreme impurity, due to the way the Messenger wa sallam, has ordered for us to wash the vessel seven times in the first with Turab. The third benefit that we can take from this hadith is the obligation of purifying and cleaning, making ta'hir and cleaning and cleansing the and the vessel that the dog indeed has his tongue has touched. And do this, this has to be done seven times. Now, in the hadith, we have two narrations, as you know. One that mentions nabi that it should be washed seven times, and the first being with uh, turab stone, earth, gravel, and so forth. Um, then we have the second hadith where he said sab'an, al-thamina wash it seven times, and the eighth or 8, with gravel, or stone, earth. So then, how can we combine uh, these two narrations? The first narration mentions 7, and the second narration mentions 8. In the apparently, it seems that there is conflicting wording in, in these two narrations. But no doubt, there is no confliction, and there is no contradiction. In that when the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa mentioned that we should wash it seven times now. But then he mentions turab using earth and that usage of earth is indeed the eighth. Meaning it's eighth with the first wash. So it's actually eighth meaning seven times with water. And the eighth is with the stone and with the gravel and the turab. But that is ulahunna. That is, made, that is washed with the f- in the beginning. Meaning that the first thing you do is you use the, the, the turab, and the earth to scrub uh, the vessel, and then seven times you wash it. So with that, it, um, it combines these two narrations, that that which is considered eighth is in fact just the turab itself, and the, the stone or the gravel, and the earth, which should be done in the beginning. nabit <inaudible> Turab which should be done in the beginning, as is mentioned in the love and the wording in Sahih Muslim. Now, so here it shows the obligation of doing this, these steps in purification and uh, clean, cleaning the, um, the vessel. Barakallahu feekum. And the sixth benefit, or the next benefit that we can take from this hadith, uh, is, this is an ayah. This is a sign min ayat from the signs of the Prophethood of Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم على صدقه, which is a clear proof of his truthfulness and the authenticity of his message صلى الله عليه وسلم. as relates to this affair here for the one that has iman and the one that has certainty they know that the messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم has informed us of how one should remove the the impurities of the dog's tongue and that it's impure and it's extremely impure and the doctors have found this out recently so no doubt it was revelation from Allah Allah revealed to him وسلم, as it relates to this affair and it shows the truthfulness and authenticity of his messengership and with this فيكم, we conclude likewise today's lesson as it relates to Kitab al-Tahara, the book of uh, purification, dealing with three narrations from the Messenger sallallahu alayhi and next week insha'Allah we will deal with the Kayfiyat al-Wudu, how to do wudu, yani wudu in Nabi sallallahu how to perform the wudu that the Messenger sallallahu performed. We will do this step by step next week mentioning the conditions of wudu and the obligations of wudu and the sunan and the preferred actions of wudu in collaboration with the hadith that we'll find here in kitab tahara of Umduh-ul-Ahkam next week. In the name of Allah, Rabbil Ashil-Azim This is allah and allah and allah and allah and allah and